But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. I'm going to say that's radical. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. He gave the right to become children of God? Well, and there it becomes the choice where it's like the right to become, you know, like you have the right to remain silent. Doesn't mean you're going to remain (laughs) silent. You might start talking. You have the right to become my child. Will you? Mm. I'm the door. Are you going to open the door or or not? You're listening to If That Makes Sense, a family life podcast about what life is really like following Jesus and loving his word. My name's Tim. I'm in Family Life's radio department. My name's Robbie in Family Life's performing arts department. My name's Becky in Family Life's development department. Oh, so glad to be back. So glad to be back doing If That Makes Sense again. Mm -hmm. It's been a while since we've had some new episodes. A while, yes. We're at 55 today. And yeah. yeah. We've covered a lot of ground in the past. If you haven't listened before, feel free to go back and look at all of the stuff we've covered from finding a church to what relationships are like as a young person to really all of the stuff. And in our most recent group of episodes between episode 35 and 53, we just spent time looking at the book of Romans. And that was really cool. Getting into the word, talking about how it interacts with our lives, but just enjoying God's word together. And that's such a crucial part of what we do as Christians. Like a big part of the Christian life is just getting excited about the Bible together. And this is what I read. What'd you read? What are you seeing in God's word? So in the next series of episodes, we're just going on a journey through the gospel of John together. And I don't know about you guys. Actually, I do. I'm really excited about this. <laughs> I am equally as excited, if not more. <laughs> yeah, I, I knew it wouldn't be true to say I don't know about you guys because this is really cool. So if you've got a Bible, you can crack it open. You probably don't with you right now because that's what I do when I'm listening to podcasts. I've Wash got my dishes. hands full. Washing dishes, I'm driving. Yeah. So we got you covered. Yeah, yeah. We're going to read our passage to you today. Yeah. John 1, and we're going verses 1 through 18. And need we pontificate any further? Let's just jump on in. No, we're not going to, we're not going to do that thing that you said, pontificate. (laughs) (laughs) In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning the light, so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him. Yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born, not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, 
full of grace and truth. John bore witness about him and cried out, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks before me, because he was before me. For from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the only God, who is at the Father's side. He has made him known. This is one of those passages. It's a couple verses, or it's a few verses, but books. I mean, theologians can write books on this. Mm-hmm. And the big thing about this podcast is we're not theologians. Mm-hmm. We're not pastors. We're just reading our Bible mm-hmm. like you are in mm-hmm. your quiet time and saying, wow, what is God showing us here? What are some things you're seeing in this? Well, speaking of quiet time, within my quiet time, I have been going through scripture chronologically, which I've never done before. Mm. So starting at Genesis and not just going from book to book to book, but from passage to passage to passage in the order of events. Um, And so what's interesting for me is just now I'm just diving into the New Testament. So I just finished the old, just jumping into the new. And so Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the four gospels all written around the same events happening at the same time. And so you have, you know, Luke introduces his book this way and John starts this way and Matthew starts this way and Mark starts this way. And so it's been really fun for me because usually I just read the book of John or read the book of Matthew or read, but it's like, it's like, oh, read chapter one of John. Now read chapter one of Matthew. Now read chapter one of Luke. And this is the birth and this is the, and so this is like the, before the birth, because Mm. it's like in the, in the beginning. And so it's like, oh, well, before the shepherds and angels and whatever, it's like John starts his with once upon a time in the very beginning. And so it was just cool for me to jump from each chapter one to see which things they all focused on. And what I discovered, this is not my own discovery, but it's something that I found that somebody else had had brought up and I thought it was really cool, is you see the structure that John puts into this introduction. And what he's got here is in the beginning, which is a parallel and jumping back to Genesis. We oh, know that the is so very, cool. The very first words of the very first book are in the beginning. That is and awesome. now here you have one of the first books of the New Testament that s- still says in the beginning. And and you you're also seeing he's got this phrase in the beginning, okay, was the word. And then he jumps over the word was with God and the word was God. So first you have the fact that from eternity, God is, has always been, from the beginning, has always been. And then you jump to his identity. He was with God and he was God. So that's who he is. And then he jumps back again to the eternality of he was with God in the beginning. So it's like he had the beginning. This is who he was. This is who he still is. And then jumping back to the beginning. So mm. It's cool structure. Yeah. And can I say something about that too for a second about Jesus and in the beginning and all of that? You can't miss that he's saying Jesus is God mm-hmm. here. It's it's something I feel like I hear a lot from people who are not in the church but respect Jesus, that he was a great teacher, but it was the 
It was these radical Christians who made him into God later on, Mm -hmm. but he never claimed to be God. That was never part of the original thing. And they'll say that, but then you look at this and you're like, this book was written in what, the first century? And boom, already right here, we have this this proclamation. In the beginning was the word. Mm -hmm. The word was with God. The word was God. Mm -hmm. You can't get around that. This Mm -hmm. is, this is the Jesus that we're the historical Jesus is is this one mm-hmm. who right from the beginning there's that claim that he is God. And what I love about that is, you know, I don't know if you guys have heard or those listening have heard the common recommendation of, oh, if you have a Bible and you don't know where to start, start in the book of John. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, okay, you know, that's great, you know. Mm-hmm. But I haven't actually like dug into John in a sense. The first verse is you know, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. And I'm like, oh, I memorized that in Awana. And it was so much fun because if I forgot a word, I just threw the word word in there and I was usually okay. <laughs> That's funny. So as I was reading it today uh, today, and also looking at, uh, ahead of this podcast, I was like, oh, there's so much more to this than just throwing a word in so that the competitive me can be happy and get that checked off my, get my little signature and move on. <laughs> Um, but it's like you guys were saying, it's pointing that Jesus is God and that God was God from the beginning and that he created everything. But then also in this introduction, it lays out the whole salvation message. Mm. It starts with that foundation of God is who he said he is. Jesus is Lord. He was from the beginning. He created everything. And then it moves into John witnessing and proclaiming that he's coming and then it moves into the people that the Lord came for that Jesus came for rejecting him and then it concludes with the yes John bore witness to him and that we got the law from Moses but we got grace and truth from Jesus and it's just Mm -hmm. looking at it from that saved perspective I'm like that that's why they tell us to start in the book of John, because right in the introduction, it has all of that. And I don't know about you guys, but I'm excited to read the rest and find out why it's advised that we start in the book of John. I'm a little ashamed that I haven't done it before now, but hey, we're all on this journey together. No, I, I hear what you're saying, though, that we do say that a lot. John's a great place to start. And like, if, if, you've, ne- if you've never read any part of the Bible, pick up the book of John. And I guess that is a great question why we do that, because... I'm just thinking right here, there could be some easy misunderstandings if it's your first time looking at the book of John. For instance, the book's called John, and oh, look, right here in chapter one, there's a guy named John. That must be the John. Mm. Er, No, it's a different John. Mm. (laughs) The author doesn't tell you that, but you figure out later, um, actually, the guy named John that this book is named after is never even named once in the entire book. Mm. He's a character who comes up later without a name. He's maybe too humble to name himself. Mm. And his name gets attributed later in church tradition. And so that's how we know who wrote it. But the John it talks about here that you were talking about, Becky, is John the Baptist. Right, right. This is the camel's hair wearing and locust and honey eating wild man who yeah, yeah. was Jesus' cousin and right. preceded his earthly ministry by living a life that was really radical to look at from the outside, but it made people pay attention when he said, hey, repent, because somebody greater than me is coming. Mm -hmm. The Messiah is coming, basically the chosen one, the one who's going to rescue all of our people and be God's big exclamation point in the big plan here. He's coming. Speaking of the beginning, being the word, I always thought 
like you were saying, wow, why does it say word so many times when you're a kid? <laughs> you're like, word, 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 word. What's this? <laughs> and that's that's always kind of been like a thing for me too. Like, what a weird, what a weird name. You know, God has all these weird names. I am. Like, well, that's not a name. That's a part of a sentence. Or like, <laughs> yeah. the word. Like, a word is a something you speak. It's not a name. And yet, as I was looking into it and thinking about looking back to Genesis in the beginning, God, he spoke everything into being. He said, let there be light. He said, let the plants grow. He said, it's like he right there from the very beginning is speaking everything. And in particular, one of the things he's speaking, let there be light. Mm, And then here we have, he was the light, you know, like the word, the light. So just pretty interesting. Can you read the light verses for us in your version? Yeah. So where does it start talking about the light? Okay. Yeah. So we have in him was life. So then again, same thing, Genesis, he's creating life. And that life was the light of all mankind. Again, the first thing he made was light. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. Mm. It's sad to think too that, you know, his the people that he came for rejected that light. Um and it makes me kind of backtrack cuz the part that it tells us that he was rejected just before that, it talks about John and John coming as a witness about the light and that all might believe through the light. Um and it makes me wonder like kind of how John was treated, like okay, Jesus isn't publicly on the scene yet. We know he's on earth, but he's not publicly on the scene because John is bearing witness before he comes. How crazy would that have been to hear? It's like, okay, it it very clearly tells us that John's purpose on earth, that he came as a witness to bear that Jesus was coming. And so we know that God must have given him the words to say and all of that kind of stuff. But it's like, I wonder how people received John when they rejected Jesus. Hmm. I can't imagine that it was very favorable. I mean, maybe it was. I have no clue. But it's like how sad that I'm sure his John was rejected in a lot of ways, but then Jesus was also rejected. And I try not to get too judgmental towards those people because I'm just like them. Um, mm-hmm. Before I knew Jesus, I rejected him. Um, But it's like, oh, he's right there in front of you. How can you not see that? And just wrestling with that, that sadness, but also that, that desire of wanting people to have their eyes opened and to see Jesus and to accept him. Yeah. 11, uh, 10 and 11 says he was in the world and like this, this irony here and the world was made through him. Yet the world did not know him. Mm -hmm. He came to his own and his own people did not receive him. Wow. Yeah, that is sad. Mm -hmm. He he showed up. They don't even realize that this man, Jesus, is the creator of the world that he himself is born into. They don't recognize God when they see him right there in front of them. The, The good news, the happy part, is right next in verse 12. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. That is, I'm going to say that's radical. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. He gave the right to become children of God? Well, and there there becomes the 
the choice where it's like the right to become, you know, like, oh, you have the right. You have the right to remain silent. Doesn't mean you're going to remain <laughs> silent. You might start talking. You have the right to become my child. Will you? Hmm. I'm the door. Are you going to open the door or yeah. or not? Yeah. And you use the word witness a couple times and it says how he's a witness. So this kind of jumps back to the structure that John is using that I discovered that I was all excited about. So you have the very first couple sentences in the beginning, God's eternal. This is who he is. This is who he was. Back to the beginning. And then jumping in from verse three and on, he's got two parallel sections that his readers are, he's hoping to point them again, looking back, not only to the book of Genesis in three distinct ways, but also to the book of Exodus, the law, the Torah that he talks about in three distinct sections. Oh, like when he's talking about the mo- the law coming through yeah, Moses? Okay. Yeah. So we've talked a little bit about how he's referencing Genesis within the beginning and there being light. So in verses three to five, it talks about how the word is the one who created. So his readers are going to think back to Genesis, part of part of those first couple books that were written, and light versus darkness. Then... So not only do you have creation, but then you have the witness that you're talking about, Becky. And that starts in verse 6. There was a man sent from God. His name was John. And the witness, he's saying, hey, look, God's going to be doing something new through someone new who's never been here. You know, you had you had the law and you had that, but there's this new guy who's coming and he's going to do some new things. And John is the witness to that. And then the third section is what I was saying where you have a a choice. So in verse 9, he starts to say, you know, the true light giving everyone the the light to everyone. He was coming into the world. He was in the world. He created the world. The world didn't recognize him. And he gave them the right. So it's this idea that you have the right. Now, what will you choose? Will you go this way or will you go this way? Hmm. So there's kind of like Genesis with creation and then the uh, the witness and then your choice. And then he starts to mirror Exodus in the same way where now you have an incarnation. So here you have creation. And then right next to that paired with that, you have the incarnation in verse 14 with the word became flesh and dwelt among us and he's living among us. And that word dwelt among us is the Greek word for living in a tent. And so his readers would know that the tabernacle in the book of Exodus was this big tent. So cool. That God's presence was dwelling in. So now you've got this mirrored image of they knew what the... They knew what the tabernacle was. They knew what the tent of meeting was, where God's presence was. And now he's using this same word for Jesus came and lived in a tent among us. He hmm. had a body. He was here in the flesh, living amongst us in the form of Jesus. Here he was over here in the in the form of living in the tent of tabernacle. Yeah. Now Jesus is the living tabernacle that's with them. And then the final thing there is uh, being, again, witness. You know, John's a witness there in verse 15. John testifies saying, this is the one I spoke about. Again, saying, hey, this is something new. Jesus is here now. He's going to be this this new new dude on the scene that's going to be teaching us new things. And and then coming back to you, you have uh, you have a you have a, a choice. Out of his fullness, we have all received grace in place of grace already given. The law was given through Moses. Grace and truth 
came through Jesus Christ. And it's just this idea of, okay, here I am telling you about this guy. What now will you do with him? Hmm. Will you choose him or won't you choose him? Hmm. That the darkness and the light are like kind of intention this whole mm-hmm. first few verses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you can either see it or not see it. Mm-hmm. And if you see it, it's life because mm-hmm. his light is the life of men. I love how much instruction is here, no matter where we're at on our in our relationship with the Lord. If you don't know the Lord yet, there's so much instruction on who the Lord is and what he's done for you and all of the different passages that Robbie just explained that it points us to. If you know the Lord and as you're coming to the Lord, it shares the grace upon grace that we have received and draws us back to who God is and that light in the world. And, you know, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness doesn't overcome it. And then for those of us who are continuing to grow in our relationship with the Lord, it tells us what we're to do with that and how we're to do that. You know, we're to be like John, we're to be witnesses. Now, John was the witness to bear witness that Jesus was coming, and we're all called to go out into the world and make disciples of all nations. We're called to witness that Jesus has come, and this is what he has done for us. Um, and I love that, you know, after we choose, after we make the decision of what we're going to do with that right, are we going to become a child of God or are we going to say, nah, I'm good on my own? We then have, we have that instruction of, oh, I'm just to go and witness and go to share what's here with the world. Um, and just the amount of instruction that's here, but yet we can break it down into simple steps. Maybe we're answering our own question from earlier, Becky about why it's a great book to start with. If you've never picked up the word of God before, you just said it because there's something you can see if you don't even know the first thing about Jesus or the God of the Bible. And of course, there are riches to to dig through here if you do know God and have had a relationship with him for a long time. And then there's the other thing that I think is crucial for everybody, whether you know Jesus and have known him or you're just trying to get to know him for the first time or or just asking some questions about who is Jesus is in verse 18. And I'm going to read it in, I think, a slightly different version just because I, I prefer how another version puts it mm-hmm. from the one that I read earlier. I've got it in the NIV in verse 18. No one has ever seen God, but the one and only son who is himself God and is in closest relationship with the father has made him known. So, if you know Jesus, and you're getting to know him even better by reading his word some more, if you just are asking, who is Jesus? What's he all about? What am I looking at when I look at Jesus? Here's what John tells you in verse 18. You're looking at the face of God. Right. Literally. And and I, I love that too. And I have the NIV and I enjoy it. Whatever people have opinions about whatever versions... I enjoy the NIV. Me too. And I know people, one in particular, who says like, oh, yeah, well, Jesus never said Jesus never said he was God. It, no, it doesn't say that anywhere. It's like, well, <laughs> right here, it's just telling you no one has seen God but the one and only son who is 
himself God. It's like, you know, he definitely was God. And if you're looking at the original language, too, where they translate it in the NIV, who is in closest relationship with the father, that literal word means is sitting in the father's lap. Oh, so it's this image of, you know, you've got a daughter, Tim, if she's sitting in your lap, like it's clear to us that you have this relationship. She's so close Hmm. to you. And and if she were to meet other people, she can introduce those people to you because she can go and sit in your lap. Like it's this idea that the father, you know, you know about seated at the right hand of the throne of God. But this word is. It's literally translated sitting in the lap of the father. And so Mm. you have the beginning of the book where the image is more of like a king. And when my word goes forth, go and do this thing and you go and do it. That is my word and you will you will do it. I am the king. And that's sort of the first image. But then you get down to 18 and it's like, yes, he is a king. Also, he is a father. Mm. And that relationship is so different than what a king with his word is it's a father and his son and we get to be adopted and sit in the lap of of god should we choose to accept him and his son that's beautiful i love that you both pointed out um different versions because i read this through and the bible i usually use is an esv that being said i have a few different Bibles at home because what I'll often do with a passage like this is grab those different translations because there are so many repeated words in this short amount of scripture. Word, light, God, son, that just keep coming up and up and up. And my brain's going, okay, I just read this word. Now I read it again. And it just kind of gets all mumbled, jumbled in my brain. So I found that by grabbing an NIV or grabbing a few different versions Yes, they'll still have that repetitive language in it, but some of them choose a slightly different word, which can then bring to light, oh, this now makes a little more sense. And kind of, for me at least, it helps take away some of that confusion of reading the same word over and over again um, and just get a better understanding of what this passage is trying to communicate and what I can take away from it. Um, So I love that you both brought up different um, translations of scripture. And that just makes me so grateful. It's like, wow, this was this was not written in English originally. Nope. It was not mm-hmm. written in my my language. I think sometimes I think that way because it's like, oh, we're the American church and we should not missionaries to the <laughs> right. world. Uh-huh. Yeah. We are the church. You know, and it's like, yeah, but we're the ones that are we are the ones that are grafted into this family, you know, like we're not the ones that discovered it. But somebody translated this. So not only am I thankful for the translation, but it's like we have so many different English translations. Like there's so many out there. So many people have done so much work in taking this language and putting it. So now the word, yep. I can understand the word. Yeah. If it wasn't just in Greek and Hebrew, I couldn't understand the word. But now I get the word because praise the Lord, he gifted people with language and tongues and translation. And I'm so thankful. Yeah. What would I do? What would I do if... The only reason I know the gospel is because, well, I heard it in church. I heard it from my parents. How did they hear it? Well, at some point, someone put it in their, the word in their language, which is just so important. That's, a, that's, and that's every episode of this show is just, it's, it's excitement over God's word. It's getting to read it together. I appreciate that we get to read it in different versions. And I appreciate that we're reading a part of it that is not, it's not isolated. It's not on its own. Like John 1, we've looked at it here today, and 
you pointed out already, Robbie, how it throws us back to the very beginning of Genesis. And it also looks at the other Old Testament stories like Exodus, where God came and lived in a tent among his people. It's this one big storyline where wherever you are in your faith, whether you're just exploring or you've been part of it for a while, John is bringing us into God's story and showing us how, how, hey, this whole story, the whole thing, it's about Jesus. And let's go. This is the introduction. This is the opening. Mm -hmm. This is the beginning right here. And John's got a lot of exciting stuff he can't wait to share with us. And I can't wait to get into the rest of it. And you can't see that I'm fist bumping the air right now. (laughs) I'm pretty excited over here. Having trouble sitting still. We are super glad to be back for more episodes of If That Makes Sense, a family life podcast for young adults. If you enjoyed this episode, like if you went, huh, or cool at any points, then could you just take that as a cue to share it with someone you know who might like it too? Just sending a link with your podcast app to one friend, one person, just think of who that person is, send it to them. Spreading this person to person, just friend sharing to friend, old fashioned like, that is the best way for something like this to grow. If That Makes Sense is produced by the nonprofit organization Family Life, which you can learn more about or support at familylife.org. And your donation makes things possible like original shows, radio ministry, and live events. Thank you for being part of If That Makes Sense, and we can't wait to have you along for the next one. <laughs>